Welcome back, friends. This is the Good Midlife Podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks for showing back up. We are at it again tonight. We've got a great show tonight. We've got a lot of good stuff to talk about. Thanks to everybody who's listened, following us at the Good Midlife Podcast on Instagram. Made some new friends there this week, so that's exciting. Richard is at Kenshin Crew on Instagram. And you can reach us, as always, at thegoodmidlife at gmail.com. Now, Richard, where are you checking in from tonight? Check it in from uh, Sweet Sweet Indianapolis again, um, uh, up here for our work convention and uh, our conference, I should say, and yeah, just in Indianapolis. Yeah, well, we would be remiss if we didn't touch on this because you spend so much time in Indiana and so much time in Evansville. What a crazy thing that happened this week with Churchill Downs moving the rest of the spring racing meet to Ellis Park there just across the river in Evansville. Yes, right across the river for me in Evansville, I, I, I'll be actually in evansville next week so uh yeah good times well it sucks all the way around because as, as yeah. people who love horse racing you know you hate it every day we would get those pop-ups that another horse had died at churchill and they lost 12 this spring including a kentucky derby contender and um so ultimately out of safety for the horses they moved it to a different track while they do some inspections and it stinks for the city it stinks for the track we love churchill downs it's a, a historic iconic venue and um ellis park is like i've said where i cut my teeth learning about horses and i have a soft spot in my heart for that place um but it's not the same and you know big races in the summer at churchill like the stephen foster handicap will be contested down there in in uh, henderson kentucky so pretty exciting for them down there do you know do they still grow crops in the infield of ellis like they used to uh i don't know that i'll have to uh drive by it and check out see if i can see in the infield uh uh it, it that i did i didn't i don't think i knew that that's very yeah interesting. when i was a kid they rotated crops um alternating summers they would do corn one year and soybeans the next so you would see a tractor pull up there sometimes in the middle of the meat or you know the race day and um but they're just growing crops out in the, the infield at ellis it was a, kind of a cool thing really you well know, it was, it, it's right on the river so i'm sure that land is very fertile so uh, it's uh, yeah, it, I'll have to check that out. And it, it's I'm the, actually going to Owensboro next week, so I'll be driving right past it. So I will have to check it out. Excellent, excellent. Let's get a report on that. Um, yeah, and that's also yeah. like one of the hottest patches of ground in the United States, I think. So it'd be a great place <laughs> to grow some stuff. Very, very hot yeah. it, at yes. Ellis Park. Yes. Um, well, we had a good weekend coming off of it. We usually like to kind of talk about our weekend. We well, we went to dinner with our ladies uh, on Saturday night. We went to Noche, which we've talked about on this pod many times before. Um, fantastic Mexican barbecue. Uh, it was the third of four consecutive Mexican meals for me this Richard this weekend, Richard. How about that? You know, you, you mentioned that, and I got to say it's two thumbs up for that. I mean, I think Mexican could be one of those meals I could eat. Like if, if, you, if they said you had a week of you could only eat one type of food, uh, that could be up there, although there's a lot of different food items I could do for a week. But Mexican is definitely one of them for sure. Yeah, well, I made the uh, Tikan Zeke like I talked about last week. The Mexican achiote, uh, Yucatan-style fish was delicious. And then on Saturday, we were at the, the, my in-laws uh, going to go to the pool. We we're, were just hanging out talking. And the subject of Taco Bell bringing back the Enchirito came up. And um my mother-in-law turns out is a huge Enchirito fan. My wife is a huge Enchirito fan. 
And so it became imperative that we get in Chiritos before we go sit by the pool. And then we talked about this at dinner the other night, and you hadn't heard that, right? And you were kind of blown away. Yes, I am. Uh, in Chiritos is one of my favorites. I have two or three strong favorites at, uh, at uh, Taco Bell, and that, that is definitely one of them. That is a, a highlight of one of my childhood favorites. Uh, that, the Cheesy Gordita Crunch, and the Seven Layer Burrito. Um, I not do, in particular order. I do love a cheesy gordita crunch. Um, my sister-in-law used to work corporately um, for Yum Brands, and so it's, in it's the, one of the best drunk foods I think there is in the industry. They just call it the cheesy G, and I accidentally ordered that <laughs> at a Taco Bell at the Taco Bell in St. Matthews, and the crusty man that worked there, I don't know if he's still there or not. He, he was working there, worked the late shift for years and years and years. It, it, he was seemingly offended by that. He was, he kind of called me out. What are you talking about? We don't have that. Where do you think you are? Um, how about a cheesy gordita crunch? Oh, that we have. Thanks, man. Let's go. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Wait a Taco Bell employee. Uh, yeah, that, yeah. That, that's a good story right there. Yeah. Well, he was always really good with your order, though. That dude never screwed up the order. You got what you ordered. And I mean, thumbs up for that, dude. Well, uh, unfortunately, my Taco Bell that was across the street from my house is now closed. So but luckily, I do have one that is within a mile of my house. So I'm good all the way around. So I will be having Enchiritos. It might be a, the summer of Enchiritos. There you go. Let's go. Speaking of my in-laws, my brother-in-law is a pilot, and I talked to him this weekend, uh, circling back to our question last week about, do you think you could land a plane as a civilian who had never flown? And um, he asked what size plane, and I said, uh, how about a 737? And he was very, very humble about it, and he just said, I don't know about that. I want to think you could, but you're going to have to learn a lot of hard lessons really quick. And he started talking about pitch and this and that and he said really i don't think you could do it because of the speed at which you come in he said i said so like a cessna you could land he said yeah i could talk you down in a cessna because you're landing at 50 or 60 miles an hour he said but a 737 he said it'd be really hard and uh, he said unless it was one of those planes that had the auto land feature which you talked about last week which is just you put it on auto land and it all you have to do is hit the brakes when you're on the ground so Anyway, it was interesting. I asked that question to several people this week. Um, the best one, one of my technicians said her mom said, yeah, I'm sure I could do it. There's got to be a manual up there or something. Um, so that made me laugh very hard. Like, uh, yeah, reading, I the mean, DC, like, the DC-10 manual as you're trying to land it. Yeah, I, I, I see enough UPS planes during the day. It's just like just looking up the sky, I think I could do it. I mean, it, it's, I, I, I challenge your brother-in-law on that one for sure. All right. All right. All right. Excellent. Pilot, smile it. I mean, everybody can be a pilot these days. I mean, that's what I mean, computer stimulators are for. Did we not learn anything? Did you I mean, say computer stimulators? Way. Did you just say and computer then, stimulators? Yeah, exactly. I mean, come on, man. Okay. Awesome. Um, anything else you did this weekend that you want to touch on? Any place you went that you want to shout out or anything? I uh, went to Noche with you. We went to Kalen's on Sunday for dinner. Uh-huh. Uh, not good. too bad. My, one of my neighbors is one of the owners of it, so it was pretty Allegedly, good. they invented the cheeseburger. Uh, allegedly. I, I haven't talked to my neighbor about that, but I want to truly ask him about that. Next right. Uh, the they were the first people that good. said, let's put cheese on a piece of meat between two slices of bread. Whatever. Yeah. It's something. It, okay, I'll buy it, maybe. But yeah, yeah. anyway. So did that, and then... Friday night went out to, uh, I was alone. Maisie was 
at a uh, teaching a class down in Somerset, Kentucky. So I was alone and I went to the Preston Highway uh, Roosters, which nice. is always entertaining. Very good. Very, uh, yeah. very good. Yeah. If you want an interesting Friday night, I suggest that. So uh, and then but besides uh, running 10 and a half miles, which almost killed me and riding my bike 30 miles, it was just another weekend in Louisville. Man, you're so damn lazy. Um, yeah. So I have two quick stories before we jump off of the weekend. I had a uh, buddy of mine texted me on Saturday and he said he was listening to an episode of the podcast and he just assumed I was, he said, I just assumed you were drunk, Jim. But then I realized I was listening to it at 0.75 speed. Now I don't know why. And then he said, actually, I'm kind of disappointed now that you're not drunk doing the pod. Um, I don't know why anybody would listen at 0.75 speed to anything unless you just want to prolong the joy of listening to our voices, which I get that. It's fine. You know, whatever. Um, they are sexy voices. Yes, for sure. So we've uh, been told by our wives. <laughs> yes, yes. It, it's yes, honey, your your voice is very, very sexy. Um, but I, I said to I said to him, no, I haven't been drunk doing the podcast yet, but that might be a good show. Now, I will say that I do have a podcast cocktail when I sit down almost every time we do it. I sit down with a gin and tonic because I want to just sort of, um, I don't know, channel Richard Dawson from 1974, you know, when he's on match game with a cocktail and a cigarette. And But I have not been drunk doing the pod. Now, I will say this. I want to touch on this real quick. I don't know what's the deal with diet tonic water. At my supermarket, at my Kroger, it is 50% of the time there is zero diet tonic water in the grocery. I don't know what kind of drunk asses live out in my neighborhood, but all I want to do is buy a couple of liters of it, and there are none. Um, do you have any insight on that, Richard? Do you know, like, uh, the ladies in this neighborhood, the older ladies? It, are they it must that? be the low it's, – It's we're still in a low-carb, keto, uh, paleo, low-carb world, so I'm sure – the you you live in the the nice side of town, and I'm sure those lovely ladies out in those neighborhoods are are watching their. Uh, it's summertime, Jim. It's yeah, pool time. It's it's golf time. So I I could see a short at late time river. Yeah, time. yeah. Well, it's so, been like uh, that regardless of the season. Um, we do have a lot of women out here who are families out here that are older, older couples. So I attribute it to that. But I would just like to say, if you guys can just figure out a way, Kroger the rest of the world to just make sure we got enough tonic water. Just, it's not hard. It's, I'm not asking for much. This is a pretty simple one. So a little bit more shelf space, whatever that looks like, um, because it's, it's, it's a, it's an unfortunate annoyance uh, to not be able well, to grab I'll, your I'll check the Germantown and Poplar level road one for you. If Excellent. It, little recon. Yeah. yeah it, it, it's now I'm intrigued by this. Um, uh, and uh, we'll we'll see if the uh, that area has them, and uh, we'll we'll check on that for you. Okay, excellent. Next story I have. This is a real quick story, and I want to I want to know how you would respond. Have responded to this, Richard, because this is hilarious to me, and I know what I would have done. Uh, one of my coworkers, she said that she and her family went out to dinner on Sunday afternoon after uh, church, her father's birthday, and they all went out to eat. And at the restaurant, she said her grandmother asked the hostess or waitress if they gave a military discount and the waitress said sure do you have your military id and she said no i don't have a card i'm in the army for the lord that's amazing and i would have given her a free appetizer on the spot for that oh yeah or a free dessert for sure something like yeah. okay all right 
I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, I mean, that, that, that you have to give something to them for that's I mean, hilarious. It's very yes, good. It's hilarious. It's creative. It's thoughtful. It's uh-huh. there's so many things there. Yes. You have to give it out. Yeah. Okay. All right. Good. We're on the same page there. All right. I think I want to try that next time. I, I know. I want to try it too. Yes. I think we should try it. Yes, for sure. Especially on a Sunday afternoon or Sunday evening, whatever. Yeah, for sure. I love that plan. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I want to see what happens. Yeah. I'll say love it. Um, okay, next up, we have one new story we want to talk about, and then we want to get into a fun movie situation uh, discussion. Richard texted me today, and the news broke this afternoon of the PGA Tour and the Live Tour um, coming to an agreement and joining forces in a massive golf conglomerate that's going to encompass those two rival golf leagues plus PGA Europe in some behemoth global golf league. Um, and so, Richard, I'll just let you start with this and, and let you go with how you feel about it or what you think, and then I'll jump in there as well. Well, uh, for starters, I'm not an avid golf watcher, but I, I do watch the Masters occasionally, and I do watch some of the bigger tournaments and, and stuff like that. And um, I don't – It's a lot of people have a lot of opinions about this and who are much more educated on it than I am. Um, I think it's very interesting. It's They claim it's a merger. I don't – it's like – I think it's a aggressive buy, possibly, if I had to guess. I don't know, know all the details, but it appears that it, if I had to guess, Live Tour just bought out the PGA. It's basically what I, if I had a, a guess on what's going on here. Uh, but there was also a massive, it seems like, if I remember correctly, there has been a recent exodus of people out of the Live Tour. I think Phil Mickelson might have recently backed out of the Live Tour or like that tour. So, oh, really? I hadn't seen that. I, and I could be wrong on that. Again, okay. I'm not, I know more about football, college football, a lot basketball and stuff like that. But there's, and I could be speaking out of turn, but it just seems like the writing, I mean, it, it's, I don't, so many golfers left the PGA, but so many golfers stayed with the PGA. So it's, it's just weird. I don't know what's going on. Um, I don't, it's, from what I've seen is it's been negative um it could be it's just weird i don't know well i think a couple of things i have a couple of opinions um about this all first of all and when the live tour started up and mickelson and many of the others went to play for the live tour there was a lot of outrage because the live is backed by saudis backed by the saudi government and there was a lot of crying about saudi dirty money and how could you go play for these guys and Mickelson said some things and got kind of called on the carpet for some of his comments about what happened with things like Jamal Khashoggi and things like that. So it's interesting to me that all of a sudden, none of that matters. All of a sudden our conscience about dirty Saudi money does not matter anymore. And I like golf. I don't watch like I used to. I watch the majors occasionally. If it's on, I watch, I used to watch it all and know what knew the players. So I'm not as into it as I used to be, but that whole thing, it, it does kind of smack of some uh, lift money coming in there to um, kind of raise, lift all the boats. Now, the other thing that I will say about that is uh, Brooks Kepka won the PGA championship. He's a live player. And at the masters, he very easily could have won it, but was defeated by John Rom and Rom played great down the stretch to win that. Um, but there were three or four others in the top 10 who were live players, including Mickelson, who played, you know, at, at his age, a, a amazing tournament. So 
I think if you hadn't seen live players succeed in the majors, this might not have happened. But with the, with live players winning majors, now you have a real rival to the PGA. Now you have that. Now they're not just over there doing their own thing and making a lot of money, uh, and then coming over here and failing against the world's best. They're still the world's best, and the PGA didn't want to lose out on that. I think, and um, and and the money. Well, I in. in... I got to say is like from the standpoint of, I mean, the Saudis human rights are, are not, uh, are abysmal. Let's, we'll call what the argument was. And, and it, it's amazing what money does very quickly. It, mm-hmm. And it, it makes you forget things. And, and like you said, is it, it's, I think the PGA saw the writing on the wall that I think eventually they would probably have lost every key player eventually. Um, Eventually it would have happened because the money seems like it's greater on the live tour. And after that first wave of guys took the bullets, um, it was not going to be as toxic to reputation or standing if you, if you defected and went to the live. So I think you're right about that. uh, Also at the same time is this week or it happened over the weekend is I saw another big premier soccer player left and is now going to Saudi league as well. Mm, with, yeah. Uh, Ronaldo. Yeah. And so it, it's when you basically have oil money, you can buy anything you want. I mean, well, honestly, that's literally and, what it's coming down to. Now. Yeah. And the Saudis have more money than anybody. And even it, I think there's a Saudi group looking to potentially buy Manchester United, and they a Saudi group did buy Newcastle United, and they went from being a club that was almost relegated a year ago to finishing in third place, third or fourth place in the Premier League, and assuring themselves a spot in the Champions League. So, and that was all because the ownership had money to spend to bring in players, coaches, and change the culture of the team. So that money is there. That's going to continue to be a story in sports, and honestly, probably in the world, in business, and all of those things going forward. Yeah, yeah, it's it it, it can change. It's it's changing the dynamic of things for sure. It's like it'll be interesting to see what it, like a Charles Barkley does now with PGA. And mm-hmm. and people who basically told the Saudis or the Lib Tour they weren't interested. Well, what happens now? I mean, yeah. Well, I everybody's going to play. Everybody's going to play together, and everybody's going to you know enjoy their cash and live nice, um, happy lives. Yeah, I mean, the richer get richer, and it's it's. I mean, it's just eventually that's what's. I mean, it's it's an interesting. Yeah, interesting for sure. Well. Let's go. Let's so, take a yeah. let's take a gear shift now, and um, let's let's do some something happy, and let's shift from talking about bad guys and start talking about villains. Um, you yes. sent me a link this week, and it was from Collider, and it was a list of the top ten villains from film from AFI American Film Institute, and this is an, a kind of a dated list. There are some people who were left off of there, and it, this is pro- list is probably close to twenty years old. I remember when this came out, AFI did this series of 100 movies for 100 years, 100 best movies the last 100 years, uh, 50 best villains, 50 best heroes, best act, best leading men, best leading ladies, all of this, these things. But, you know, as we talked a couple of weeks ago about some music stuff, this is the kind of thing we want to talk about, just talk, debating lists and, and what's good, what's not, who's best, who's not. Um, and so I've got the top 10, and I've, I've actually got the top 50 here in front of me, so we can go through a little bit of that. Um, do you want to just go through the top 10 first 
and we'll talk about whether or not they they deserve to be in the top 10. How about that? Yep, that, that sounds good to me. Yep. Okay, number 10 is the Queen from Snow White and the Seven Drawers. Number nine is Ra uh, Reagan McNeil from The Exorcist, who is the girl in The Exorcist. Uh, number eight is Phyllis. I'm going to butcher. Dietrichson. Uh, Phyllis yeah, Dietrichson Dietrich from yeah. Double Indemnity. Yep. So she's number eight. Number seven is Alex Forrest from Fatal Attraction. That's Glenn Close's character. Uh, Mr. Potter from It's a Wonderful Life. He's the old codger. Let's see. Nurse uh, Ratchet from One Who Flew Over the, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Uh, number four is the Wicked Witch of the West from Wizard of Oz. Number three is Darth Vader. Uh, number two is Norman Bates from Psycho. And number one uh, is Hannibal Lecter from Silence of the Lambs. All right. So a couple of things. I'm going to start with the Queen from Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. I don't even think she's the best Disney villain. And I'm going to ask you as we get a little later. But let's do it now. What's the best Disney villain? Um, She's pretty good. She's good. Uh, but, you know, Scar could be better. Scar's um, the best I, one. I, I, yeah. So, I mean. I think it's Scar. I think, I think I'll take. Here's who I'll take. And I have young. I have daughters. So I've watched a lot of Disney movies. And watched a lot as a kid, too. But I think Scar is the one who's probably the best. Um, I also would take Ursula from Little Mermaid. And Cruella Deville from 101 Dalmatians. I think those yeah. are the, easily the three best. Yes, for sure, for sure. Okay. So we will. Uh, I think we, she needs to be re probably removed off the list. I agree. If, I would. I would. I would take her out of the top ten for sure. If she's, if we both agree, she's off the list. Yep. Yep. Not in the top ten. Okay. How about Reagan McNeil? Uh, yeah, it, it, she's bad. Yeah, and that right. movie scared the bejeebies out of me, even as a young adult that movie is terrifying possessed by the devil i think uh, yes i think she could probably stay on the list yeah i think she, that's a terrifying movie and it, whether or not she's actually the villain or it's satan who's the villain whatever it is that's a terrifying movie and a really really bad bad character so I, i'm with you on that well i saw i saw this movie in dc in georgetown about two blocks from the stairwell oh gosh yeah, that 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 puts it to a different level. So I have to stay with this this character. I'm good with it. I like it. I like it. I like it. Um, I gotta tell you, I haven't seen Double Indemnity in a long time, and so recency bias is gonna make me kick Phyllis Dietrichson off. I mean, I I hate to do that. I I haven't seen it in a long time. I know I have seen it at some point, but I don't have a great point of reference. Well, I I've never seen the movie, so I don't know. Um, I think another person you could probably insert to this character right here is. Sharon Stone character in Basic Instinct. Did she yeah. do it? Did she not do it? She's manipulative. Is she not manipulative? Is she innocent? Is she not innocent? I mean, is she guilty? I mean, what's going on there? Yeah, what's I didn't, going on there? I didn't so. have her on my list, but that's a really good call. A really good call. And it it, it bookends nicely to Alex Forrest from Fatal Attraction, yes. who is, yes. um, you know, uh, with Michael Douglas in a great movie, a brilliant movie. Here's the thing about Alex Forrest. Like, I think she is a great villain. I'm not sure she's actually evil as a, you know, as a as a person like she does some evil things, but I actually think she's mentally ill more so than being just evil. So, I'm okay to keep her here, but when I was doing my hierarchy, I kind of uh, favored people who really really were devious, dirty, evil people. Yes. I I think she's 
she's evil because of the rabbit situation. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's that's not cool. But she, she took it out on the kid. But she, there's definitely mental issues going on. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, I think so too. Uh, it, it's yeah. Um. All right. It's, it's but she is scary. I mean, it's like we've. Go ahead. Get no, going. go ahead. No, no. I, yeah, yeah. She I is was scary. Just gonna say, Mr. Potter, Mr. Potter. Uh, he's just a bad person overall. Yeah. Um, villain wise, I don't know. It's it's he he's a pretty bad person overall and uh i don't know if i'd include him on this list my wife would probably disagree because it's one of her favorite movies and she doesn't like oh mr potter um but uh i don't know i don't know if i'm going to include him on my list i'm with you on this i think he was probably very villainous for the era in which that film was released but as modern villains go even modern-ish villains go he doesn't really stack up to me, so I would be good with kicking him off the top ten. Well, I, and I and I have a substitute for a more modern day era, even though it's probably thirty years old at this point. You could even throw in kind of similar character as Michael Douglas in Wall Street. Gordon Gecko. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yes. I, I almost said that as I was, I was speaking about that. That's exactly right. Yes, Gordon Gecko is a. It's like is more. I think he is the nineteen thirties or. 40s uh gordon gecko yeah i think that's totally right that's totally totally right so yes um yeah okay nurse ratchet one flew over the cuckoo's nest no argument here right that she's a top 10 villain yeah she she is an awful person she is she is an awful person yeah and 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 a top 10 villain uh number four is the wicked witch of the west she's a top 10 right yeah i yeah i think uh overall it's um yeah i mean it's i mean she scared me as a child. That's the thing. Uh-huh. Think about the first time you saw the movie yeah. and how scared you were of her. And she is doesn't have any redeeming qualities in the film. Yeah, she's she's absolutely terrifying. Right. So great villain. Yeah, yeah. She she is truly. Even though she's a representation, I don't. I can't remember what she is a representation of because that's about the industrial complex. Blah blah blah. The nineteen thirties. I mean, there's there's a there's a story behind a story in Wizard of Oz. Yeah. But it's just like it, it she represents something even worse. Right. So um what she represents is the key there. Okay. Number three is Darth Vader. My my biggest, biggest beef with this whole list is that Darth Vader's not number one. I mean, scariest villain of all time. The first time I ever saw him, is that guy a robot? Is it a person? He's evil. He he will he will choke you and without any conscience you you can say uh, you, you know you, you just screwed something up he's gonna just choke you to death he's gonna come through with his lightsaber he was terrifying and pure evil with zero redeeming qualities I love Hannibal Lecter as a villain but there's a little bit of sexiness about how suave and smart he is so I, Darth Vader is number one to me. Well, uh, I, I got to say, uh, I, I do like Hannibal in the position he is in. Uh, okay. It's like Silence of the Lambs is one of my favorite books and favorite movies. Um, it's terrifying. So I think Hannibal Lecter is right, in my opinion. Okay, fair uh, enough. Darth Vader, however, scared the shit out of me as a kid. Terrifying. And if you also remember, it's like leading up to it, if you watch the prequels, he murdered children. Right. Well, it's. In, in, and he tried to murder. It's like for all intents and purposes, he also murdered his wife. Right, and you know, in the Obi Wan Kenobi series on Disney, 
I thought the the portrayal of him in that series was as good as as, as you could do it. He was dark. He was angry when he's chasing yeah. Obi Wan, and they first uh, meet each other in the dark. It, it's fantastic. I, admittedly, not a movie, but fantastic, fantastic dark evil villain stuff. Well, look what he did in Rogue One. I mean, right? Just, like, that yeah, was that was so good. That's yeah, so good. That, so that, good. That hit the spot. So yep. so good. Um, that leaves us Norman Bates to talk about. Hard not to have him in the top five. Um, I'm not sure. Again, he's not as villainous as some people who come after, but you know, he certainly for his time was a terrifying guy. And again, a dude who was mentally messed up. Like he was well, a guy who was mentally ill. Here's another person you could slide into there, and in, in a, a thought, it's like it's a modern day version of it. Is Kevin Spacey from Seven? Oh, that's a good one, actually. I didn't have him on my list, but that's a good, that's a really good one. Yeah. yeah. A really good one. Yeah. It, he was, he was manipulative. I mean, just all around, like, yeah. Kevin Spacey in seven is, is utterly terrifying. Yeah. Here, I've got a few more that I want to get to. Um, one that I feel like should be in the top 10 is Anton Shigur from No Country for Old Men. Here's another guy who's irredeemably bad, soulless. He will shoot you with a pneumatic cattle situation. He'll choke you. He'll do whatever it is. You're not really even sure he's human. Um, and that's one of the most terrifying people on screen to me in the last 30 years. Yes, I, I, I agree. He could be a challenge for probably 1A or 1B, in my opinion. He could be a top five guy, honestly. Yeah, I totally agree. For sure. He, he is terrifying. And yes, he, he could be an awful person. So, and um, go ahead with your other ones. Okay, I've got a few more on my list. Um, I'm going to go through a little bit more quickly. I felt passionately about him, but Robert De Niro's portrayal of Max Cady in Cape Fear is one of the best villains I've ever seen. Yes, I agree. I, he's he's one of the best, and he's he he is dark, dark. Um, I think Heath Ledger's Joker is one of the best villains yes. in the history. I, or of even River Phoenix's Joker is worse. Then he is an uh, the River yeah. Phoenix, Joaquin Phoenix, yeah, or Joaquin Phoenix. I'm sorry, Joaquin Phoenix, terrifying. Yeah, this movie is that's not even a superhero movie. It's like the two Jokers, the, the recent Jokers, Jared yeah. Leto doesn't even need to be in. Not even, and even Jack Nicholson's character, right? Yes, yeah. terrifying. Those three combined, we'll just call it the lump. Jokers of those three are terrifying. Yes, I totally agree. Um, a couple of fantasy ones, uh, Voldemort from Harry Potter and Sauron from Lord of the Rings. Those are yes. two really good villains. Yep. Um, a kind of cheesy one. And we didn't get into all the Marvel Cinematic Universe because I know there are people who could really dork out on that, but that's not really, um, my lane. And I don't think it's yours either. So we kind of skipped over that, but one superhero villain or, or triumvirate of villains, if you will, that were, um, I thought were great villains was General Zod and his uh, two uh, com uh, companions in Superman two. Yeah, and they came I, to Earth. I totally agree. Yeah, terrifying. You couldn't stop them. They had superpowers that nobody could stand up to. They were fantastic villains. Yes, uh, I I totally agree. I totally agree. Who's the better villain, Clubber Lang or Ivan Drago? Drago. Okay. All right. So, I I I like Clubber better, but. Uh, I think Ivan Drago is a really good villain too. I think both of those are excellent. Yes. Um, who's the best Bond villain? Oh, that that I need to come back to that. I think it's Goldfinger. I think, but Spectre, um, 
the guy that did Spectre was pretty damn good. Yeah, yeah, and um, Walt was damn good. Yes, but I I gotta come back to that. Okay, yeah. all right. Think about that, and then uh, what what's uh, Blofeld? That's the other one that's been. In, he's the one that um, yeah. Doctor Evil was was patterned after. Yes. He was played by Telly Savalas, and he was played by Donald Plaisance. He's a really good Bond villain. But I really I think the iconic No Mister Bond. I expect you to die, Goldfinger. I think he's the one. But yes. I, I would entertain some other options on that. Yes. Um, what else I, do you have on your list? What else do you okay. want to get to? I, I want to do uh, kind of alien alien from Aliens. Great one. Great one. Terrifying. Yeah. And it, it's it's like talk about heartless and soulless. That that is ranks up there number one. Um, Jaws could be up there. Jaws the shark or yep. Bruce the Bruce shark. the shark. Yeah, he, that's a that's a scary, um, very very scary. Then, I would say who has a challenge to probably be in the top three, in my opinion, is Michael Corleone from Godfather. Yeah, I know you like that one, and I think soulless, narcissistic, awful human being. He he goes from being an anti-hero to a full-on villain uh, in that film, and I think it's just one of the best characters in the history of film. Yep, the um, evolution from one to two. Yeah, one to two is unbelievable. By the end of two, he is an awful human being. Yeah, yeah. At the beginning, in one, you really are pulling for him, and you, you, you want him to figure it out. And then, uh, like you say, by the end, he has become worse than anybody else who who's who's graced the screen in those films. Yep, yep. So, and, and yeah, that, AFI that, had him eleven on their list. By the way, he just missed the top ten on that AFI list that we had. And oh, he's yeah. a hell of a lot worse than the Wicked Queen, I think. Oh, Gene Hackman in uh, Unforgiven is pretty awful. Very good. Very, very good. Um, El Wapo from Three Amigos is pretty <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just sent you something, and something we will discuss next week is the best heroes. Yeah. We'll follow this up with the best heroes. We'll get to the best heroes for sure. We want to get through that, um, too, and talk about those. Because uh, I looked at that a little bit today, too, and thought that'd be a fun one for a future podcast. All right. I think um, we're getting close to the end of our time. I, I, I'm sure I could talk about this for hours about who were great And, and I'm sure we're missing a lot. Yeah. I meant Brian Dennehy. Not Bri is it Brian Dennehy in Rambo? Oh, yes. Yeah. In First Blood, the original one, Brian Dennehy is a good villain in that. Um, um, I, I uh, Ray Fiennes as Amon Gareth in... Uh, Schindler's List is an excellent yes. villain. Excellent uh, Richard villain. Gere in Eternal Affairs is an awful, awful. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's a good one. A very good one. Um, Joe Pesci in Goodfellas. Oh, Denzel Washington in Training Day. Oh hell yes, that yes. is a badass or, or character. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. So I mean, all of these people were saying a few of them made the top fifty in the AFI list. The Alien Dig did. Uh, Bruce the Shark did. Goldfinger did, but a lot of these people that we were just coming up, you know, that, that didn't even make the, the list of the top 50. So I would encourage everybody to check out that list. Uh, easy to find on the internet, AFI, 50 villains, and um, see what you think. If there's anything that you think we missed or if you want to join the conversation, get at us at the, the socials, and uh, yeah. we would love to hear from you. So we'll go ahead and wrap this up for the week. We're, we're, we're getting close on time, so um, this has been fun. I love having content like this. I love talking about stuff that we can just sort of debate and um, and and make lists and, and rank stuff. So, um, Richard, do you have anything else you want to want to get out there before we roll out of here? 
No, everybody have a good week, and uh, we look forward to talking to you next week. Sounds great. Everybody have fun. Keep living your best midlife. We are going to keep living ours. We'll see you next time.